Greetings, beautiful people. Beautiful, amazing, loving, intelligent, bright, fascinating, <laughs> limitless human beings. Just think, <laughs> right now, I'm talking into a microphone that's extended and that I have a system that is capturing my voice and it's allowing my voice and my energy in some ways to be heard throughout the world and we just take sometimes just that for granted or it's like yeah this was supposed to happen but how anyway <clears throat> i just wanted to talk to you all today about life and about time what is time Time is something that never ends. Every time I see my friends that I haven't seen for some time, depending on you know geography, schedules, etc., often we'll hear the saying, man, it's as if we just picked up where we left off. And I tell them often, so much so that they don't repeat that saying anymore. I'm like, we did. That's how time works. Your time with every different person, with every individual, when you leave that person, that part of your time stops. And then your time with other things begin. It's like different scales and different levels of your time um, calendar, you can say. Or just what you've done within your life. And then when you reconnect with that person, you pick up right where you left off. It's as if you just added, we're back at it again, you know. But sometimes that option isn't so available when you lose someone in death and my family recently has felt that my dear grandmother my mother's mom Thelma Vivian Parker she passed away yesterday morning at the wonderful age of 91 years old my grandmother was our nucleus. She was one of the strongest women I know. And ironically, she was also one of the meekest women that I know. And often you don't hear those two words together, strength and meekness. Because sometimes when you think of strength, you think of like brute force. If I was to say that a man was strong, we typically go to their physical attributes before we go to their mental or emotional or spiritual strengths. But my grandmother was strong physically, even though she was small in stature. She was strong spiritually. She was very strong mentally. And very, very strong emotionally. But she was also very meek. She knew so much, but never felt the need to tell everybody what she knew. She allowed people to be. She allowed people to experience. And often when we chose what we chose, and perhaps our choice did not lead us in an outcome that we expected, <laughs> my grandmother was always there to bail us out. And for some of my family members, that's exactly what she had to do, bail them out. If it wasn't, a financial assistance given for my grandmother 
Uh, we all, on one time or another, lived in her house, if not once or repeatedly, going through our transitions of either married, divorced, you know, transitioning from jobs, whatever the case may be. My grandmother's home, again, she was the nucleus. She was the glue. And physically, she's no longer here. I'm thankful that I have the understanding that my grandmother is in the spirit world. Shit, I actually was talking to my grandmother the day she died. I was in her room when she physically left, but she was in the room in spirit form. It was amazing. So for me, this time, and thankfully through my understanding and through my journey of self, I have this ability to be able to still be connected to her and to understand that even though she's left this plane physically, that I'm, I'm ever more so close to her now because she's in the spirit realm. But I just wanted to take this time. This is all about me and my family. But I, <laughs> but I want to just share with you just the beautiful person that my grandmother was physically and still is, obviously. And just to let you know that it's because of her and many other strong women and men in my life that I am the man that I am today. When I was 17, um, things got a little uncomfortable for me at home. There are many factors that made my home life this way. But needless to say, I chose at the age of 17 to move out of my parents' home. And I had two options. I could have moved in with a female at the time that I was dating. Or I could have moved in with my grandmother, who I knew always had an open-door policy, like I mentioned a few minutes ago. I was really feeling this girl. <laughs> but I remember going to my grandmother. Um, she understood why I felt that I needed to leave my parents' house. And I remember telling her that uh, this girl that I was dating said I could live with her. Or, and I couldn't even finish a sentence. She's like, boy, if you don't get your stuff and move in this house, you can get that back room upstairs. And that was it. And every morning on the weekend, Saturdays, but primarily on Sundays, my grandmother and I, around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, we would make tea or coffee, cream of wheat, or I would make her a breakfast or make the whole household a breakfast. And we would just talk. And at the time when I moved into my grandmother's home, uh, my Aunt Beverly, who is my mother's middle sister, my mother's the youngest, my grandfather, amazing Andrew Buddy Parker, and my Aunt Irene were all living in the same home, including my grandmother. Within two and a half years... My Aunt Beverly had unexpectedly slipped and hit her head in the downstairs bathroom. And those older homes, the bathroom was just made out of like ceramic or like like a hard, hard, um, yeah, like a ceramic, like a tile. And by the time the responders, first responders came, she was pronounced dead on sight. I was playing ball. At the Naugatuck YMCA. I live in Connecticut, for those who don't know. And, or I grew up in Connecticut. And I remember 
finishing a tournament game and I had a pager back then and had all these pages and all these messages saying go to the hospital on Beverly's dead and at that time we really never had death in our family so I didn't want to accept it but sure enough my, my aunt Beverly did die and then shortly after that my aunt Irene died and then my grandfather passed I actually had the beautiful privilege of spending his last few hours with him I was the last person he saw and I'm so grateful for that experience. And I was, whew, how old was I? I think I was 18, maybe 19, either a freshman or sophomore in undergrad. And yeah, and it was always my grandmother and I. I was there with her. I remember that morning when she called me, crying and screaming because my grandfather was about to transition out. And I was there with her. I say all this because my grandmother and I were very, very close. And I realized that during all the amazing talks that she and I had, I realized that she was preparing me for what is happening now. She was preparing me for the man responsibility, ability to respond, of the household, of our tribe. My father, for those who don't know, just speak and I hate saying beat because it's not this whole this fight but he just um, went through his second bout with cancer he's doing very well um, but he's you know he's weak many of my family members have moved and the ones that are still here are, are getting up there in age and then there's our generations and our children and when I was younger, I'm going to say in my mid-twenties, I wanted the responsibility of being, you know, the the new nucleus of the family. And I tried real hard of just inserting myself into that role. My older cousins, even my mom, were like, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> and they shut that down. I was too presumptuous. Ironically now, though, um, I've come to realize that, like that saying goes, it takes a tribe to raise a village. I've come to realize and appreciate that it doesn't have to be just one person. And my grandmother, there's a lot of pressure on her, but she carried it like a G. <laughs> Side note, we called her G for short. You know, and I'm realizing now as we evolve through life and through things that everything doesn't have to be done by just me. Thankfully, through my corporate experience, uh, learning how to delegate responsibility and how to empower people, you get a lot more done that way. But throughout all of this, we are here now. And I have to be honest with you, even though I know I feel that I've gained another ancestor and that this loss doesn't really feel like a loss, I still do miss knowing that when I went to my mother's and my father's home, that my beautiful grandma was there. I used to always feel that my grandmother did not age. She was my longest constant in my life. I feel like from my first experience and memory of her, I feel like my grandmother never changed. What I mean by like her appearance, until these last four years when her health started to decline. And I'm thankful because just so some of you know, four years ago we thought we were going to lose her. 
unexpectedly my my parents and my my kids and my whole family went on a family vacation down to go visit my other relatives in Maryland and my grandmother passed out twice they had to rush her to the hospital heart rate dropped it was it was scary uh and she never really has bounced back since then many times the doctors said that she wasn't going to make it even um during covid she had to go to the hospital for uh, gangrene in one of her toes and her left foot and the hospital then this is I want to say March of 2020 they said oh she's dying and you know she just has a couple weeks to live and we can just let her die here or you can let her go home and just do hospice at home and at this time she was living with my parents my sister was taking care of her in her own home and then she moved in with my parents and we all agreed collectively as a family that no, if she's at that state, if that is what it is, um, something that we've been preparing for, then we'll just let her, we'll rather her die in peace at home, especially amidst all this stuff. I don't need her dying in a hospital by herself. It's not, no. And I'm so glad my, my, my parents and our family chose that. I'm so glad she died the way that she did. When I saw her yesterday, she looked so peaceful. Definitely, she felt, you know, she she passed in her sleep. Can't ask for anything better than that, you know? And I don't feel like my heart's not that heavy because my grandmother was 91. And she was beginning to suffer at the end because her body was shutting down. Well, she was 91, you know? Not like she was 50, not like she was, I know some people that never made it to their 40s. My grandmother is more than double my age. You know what I'm saying? So that's double the experiences that I've had. What an amazing journey, right? So I find like I can't I can't be sad. But I do know that a good cry is needed. And I'm actually looking forward to when I'm able to release. I feel it. Even talking about her now, I feel my eyes swelling. But, you know, it's not ready. It's not time. But amongst all the many amazing conversations that my grandmother and I have had, I do want to mention one of them. And that one, actually two of them. The first one I actually just shared yesterday. The first one came when my grandfather died. So again, at that young age, I had, you know, born in religion that at the time taught me the conditions of the dead. I really didn't get that much comfort out of that. I'm not going to lie to you, but that was my belief at the time. And not experiencing like my real first death of someone that was close to me to the age of 13 and then not having another death close until the age of 17. Um, once my Aunt Beverly died, we lost at least five to six family members, close ones. It felt like it was like back to back. You know how people say death usually comes in threes? Well, it was multiple. It was like double that. And I'm going to keep it 100. At that time, I would see friends of mine whose family members were dying, and I couldn't relate. I couldn't understand to that level of grief because I never experienced that. So while I would always offer my condolences, I couldn't really feel their hurt. And there was also a time that I felt that my family was invincible because we were just so healthy. We just were so vibrant. Like, we're like, we good. So at that age, 
to then all of a sudden get that reality check and have like five to six deaths back to back. I did find myself entering into uh, a minor, I guess you can say, depression. And I remember when my grandfather died after the funeral, we all went back to my grandmother's house. And again, I was already living there at the time, so we had family there. And I remember I was in the back room, and I was underage, but I'm drinking 40 OE. Uh, my grandfather was an alcoholic. Ironically, my grandfather had had a stroke. And for the last two, three years of his life, after he had the stroke, he totally forgot that he ever <laughs> drank or smoked. And we got to enjoy a grandfather that we never got aside to see, a side that he kept hidden because of his experiences and his trauma. But I'm so thankful that we had those experiences. But either way, um, alcoholism, drug addiction runs heavy on both sides of my family. I know this. I've been told this. And I'm so thankful that I've been told this. And I'm so thankful that my family never kept it a secret from me. Because um, it helped me understand the avatar that I'm operating. What some of my urges or cravings or weaknesses could be. So I remember at this time, um, slipping into what felt like a depression. And I just wanted to escape. So I was in this back room with another friend of mine. Johanan, to be exact. What's up, dude? And I remember my grandmother coming in and her just putting her hand on my shoulder and rubbing my head as she always would do. And she just looked at me and she said, I know you're hurting. And I know you experienced a lot because you were there. You saw him leave. But do you feel that your grandfather would want to see you in the state and the condition that you're in at this moment? Now, mind you, I wasn't drunk, but I was getting there. <laughs> and I definitely had an attitude of, like, no fucks to give. Like, I just didn't care because I was mad. I was hurt. I just I was emotional. I didn't know what to feel. But just those words and that calmness. And she just walked away. After, she's like, you know, you have to choose. But I trust that you will choose accordingly. And she walked away. And at that time, all I can think of was, wow, my grandmother just buried her daughter a year ago, not even, her aunt, great aunt, no, her aunt, her uncle, and her husband, and another cousin. You know what I'm saying? And... This strong, amazing, tiny, <laughs> five foot one woman was still able to show that much strength. I, I put that drink down. Anytime I find myself getting to a point where I feel like I'm trying to escape, and that could be anything, it could be even working out. Like, I know it's a part of my, my, my being, addiction of anything. Um, I always keep that in my mind and I always hear her in my mind when those moments come up. Because again, she chose to be that strong regardless of what she just finished experiencing. And her childhood was not easy, folks. She grew up in the South. Slavery, Jim Crow, all that. But this woman was just a gem. And the second story I would like to share actually happened recently. Well, 
a little bit over a year and a half ago. So little did I know all the things that were going to transpire once 2019 hit. Actually, yeah, 2019, last year. Unexpectedly, uh, I was living in New York. I was living in Long Island for five years, went through a divorce, lived in Brooklyn for almost a year and a half, and then the universe was like, you need to go home. I was like, I don't want to go home. I love New York, or if I want to move anywhere else, I want to go out to California, because that's just it's home to me. And the universe was like, no, you need to go home. And New York literally kicked me out. I don't want to go through that now, but I was kicked out of New York and was forced to come back to Connecticut. And when I moved back to Connecticut, um, the home that I had that I was renting out to a friend couldn't move into that. A whole other story I don't want to get into. So unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but guess where I ended up living? You guessed it, back with my grandma. So this is probably like my fourth time now living in my grandmother's home in my entire lifetime and throughout all my transitions. And at this time when I lived there, my sister was also living there with my nephew because she was paying for him to go through this private school. And it was just so costly and she didn't want to expend herself or stretch herself longer than she needed to. So for three years, she... she sucked it up and she got rid of her condo and lived with my grandmother and it was perfect because little did we know that my grandfather's my grandmother's health was going to decline so again everything happens for a reason we know how this works uh but now i'm there it was great i got there i renovated her her bathroom downstairs for everybody um we clean up a lot i got to have amazing conversations with my sister and my nephew because again i was away for over six years But I also got to continue having my conversations with my grandma. And at this time, too, I I needed to add it that my grandmother was beginning to experience dementia. Something that all the females and her family had experienced early on. But now she's experiencing it in her late 80s. I want to say she was 89 or 90 at the time. So there was this one evening. um, It was like one o'clock, maybe two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I wasn't even working full time. I legitly just moved back to Connecticut for like a week or two. And I was just up. I couldn't sleep. I was just binge watching television. And my grandmother came down the stairs and she also couldn't sleep. So she goes to the kitchen table. and She gets some tea brewing. And I'm like, this is a great opportunity just to talk. So I go into the kitchen table and we start talking. I said, how are you feeling, Grandma? And she looks at me and she says, well, I guess this is what death feels like. I feel like I'm dying. I was like, really? I said, how does that feel? She's like, well, I feel like my energy is just leaving me. She's like, I feel I could feel my body breaking down. I could feel like my organs breaking down. And I asked her, so well, are you in any pain? And she was like, no. She's like, I just, you know, I guess this is what they mean when they say the, the, the death or the aging and the dying process. So then um, 
you know, I asked her if she was scared um, with this reality or with this understanding that she had. And she said no. And I asked her if she had any regrets or if there's anything that she wishes that she could have done that she didn't get a chance to do. And she paused for a minute. And you could tell she's going through all her experiences. And again, at this point, I want to say she was 89, if not 90. So that's a lot of experiences, folks. And my grandmother traveled. She lived. Uh, so it took her some time. But even it wasn't longer than a minute. She was able to go through it all. And she looked at me with a straight face. And again, at this time, there's, there were times that we had to have conversations with my grandmother. And her Alzheimer's would like really, really be strong. There was no no Alzheimer presence. It was just her and I. And I needed to understand. And I needed to be a part of that conversation. She knew that. And she looked at me and she was like, no. She's like, I've lived a full life. I've done everything that I wanted to do. And I've lived my life with no regrets. I was like, Grandma, that's amazing. I said, that's beautiful. And she was like, yeah. She's like, I guess I'm ready to go. And I was like, well, Grandma, if you're ready to go, I said, then, hey, it's your time. I said, and who are any of us to stop you? And then she paused again. She shook her head. And she's like, you know, the hardest thing that I had to say that I experienced, she's like, was burying my daughter. And then she started crying. She's like, my dear, my dear Beverly. And she just was shaking. She was just shaking her head. And I just got up and I held her. And she's like, no parent should have to bury their child. And she was like, and she just wasn't given a, a, the right chance. And my grandmother, that's where I get it from, being a healer, being a provider, being a giver. My grandmother would give you anything, anything, if she had it. Especially if she felt that people... Um, or just not in a position where they could be to be to make better choices for themselves. She would try to get you in that position so that you could make better choices. And very seldomly would she actually tell you what to do. But when she did, you were like, all right, you know, maybe maybe I should listen because she's telling me. But the conversation continued on, and then. Like a twinkle of the eye, her Alzheimer's kicked in. And the entire conversation that we had, she forgot. And I walked her upstairs and she went to sleep. The next morning, I spoke to my family members. I called them all individually. I was like, we need to have a family meeting. We weren't able to have a family meeting, but I was able to share with them the conversation, some parts of it, not all of it, because some of that was just between she and I. But I did share with them that grandma is ready to go. And I was like, I never thought that I would hear this. But then again, why wouldn't I? Because she's a woman who knows what she wants and she knows herself. Thankfully, probably two and a half more years had passed until yesterday uh, when she did transition away. And I have many, 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 many more amazing conversations that I had with this amazing woman that if given the opportunity to I will share definitely uh, again on my podcast or an IG story or whatever but it does need to be heard I definitely will mention her in my book 
I just want to share with y'all, I know many of you have had amazing experiences and relationships. I feel that she's with me now. I know many have had amazing relationships with their family members, especially their grandparents. And if you're in a position where your grandparents or even your great-grandparents are still alive, I don't care if they can't even speak. (laughs) I don't care if they have Alzheimer's. Be with them. Spend time with them. Touch them. Talk to them. Listen to them. Because they are our historians, are they not? They, throughout all their experiences, can just share those experiences that can add so much more light to our world and the roads that we traverse. It doesn't always have to be dark. Listen. And don't they have amazing wisdom to share because of their experiences. Life teaches us many things that a book cannot. I'm not saying not to read, but you know what I mean. So if you have elders in your family, uncles, aunties, nanas, mimas, papas, mother, father, brother, sister, remember your tribe. Remember that communities raise families. And remember who you are and what you come from. Family is very uh, is, is, is just a part of who we are. It's our root. It's how we also know where we're heading. And how we know what not to repeat. So if you have a family member who is living. Cherish that opportunity. Text them. Call them. Write them. Communicate with them. They have lots to share. And we have lots to learn. (laughs) And I am just so thankful that I was just such a student with her. And that she just taught me so much. All of my ancestors who have passed. That are now in the spirit world and guide me now. So, I just wanted to share that expression. (sighs) Thelma Vivian Parker, I love you. I feel you, and we will carry on your legacy. We will. Thank you for listening. I love you all. Peace.